Oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the crimson blood. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. He's worthy, O oh God. He's worthy, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank God for the blood. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad for the blood of Jesus. Thank God. Oh, hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a precious God we serve. Amen. Praise God. He's worthy of all our praise. Amen. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, Lord, for hearing tonight, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Oh, God, bless your wonderful name. Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name. Praise God. Amen. Well, we want to get into our lesson tonight. Amen. I don't know how far you got along the way, but we'll do a little recap, run across this thing and see where we go from here. Talk about a bed of promises. Hebrews 8, verse 6. Amen. Brother Jacob, did you get a lesson? Amen. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 says, But now have he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Amen. Now, we have looked at this, and last month we was talking about a better priesthood, and we talked about four things that we must become. Number one, we must do what? Bless others. Amen. Number two, be righteous. Number three, peace. Number four, amen, continual to be holy and continue in these things forever. Amen. So we're talking about promises. Amen. What better promises? We're stealing better promises, right? Your core value is a Sunday morning. <laughs> Amen. So that's Sunday morning is discipleship. Amen. But we're talking about better promises. And most of us love promises. <laughs> we love promises. But the thing we find sometimes is we don't like to wait for the promise. <laughs> you know, and so that's where we have to get to this point that we've got to realize that God is not on our timeline. Amen. His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. This is why we're told that we need to walk by faith and not by sight. So we have to learn how to wait on God. How many scriptures could you probably quote that at the end it says, wait on the Lord? And again, I say, wait. <laughs> you know, and that's the key is to learn that contentment in our lives while we're waiting on the promises of God to be fulfilled. And he's going to come through, you know, as we see in the lesson. And number one, his promises are unfailing. See, when God makes a promise, he's got to fulfill it. See, a lot of times these promises are not fulfilled because he's waiting on us. You remember a few weeks ago I preached the message entitled Terms and Conditions. He's going to fulfill his because he promised it. But we've got to get in line so that he can perform it. Amen. So his promises are unfailing. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says that all the promises of God are what? Yea and amen. Amen. It's complete. Yes, I'm going to do it. 
when he makes it. That's why the Bible says when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, said, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiply, I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Amen. So we have to understand this. And so this is why Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 39, tell us to cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. We have need of patience that after we have done the will of God, we might what? Receive the promise. Amen. God has given us exceeding precious promises. There's so many promises in the Word of God, and they're for us, but we have to learn how to wait and let Him give it to us at the appropriate time. Amen. And so, uh, Hebrews 9, verse 15. Amen. Notice here in Hebrews 9, verse 15, it says, for, and for this cause he is the mediator of a new testament that by means of death for the redemptions, the transgressions that were under the first testament. They which are called might what? Receive the promise of eternal inheritance. See? The promise of eternal inheritance. You've got an eternal thing out there waiting for you. Eternal life. That's why Paul says, though this outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He says, the light afflictions which worketh in us only for a moment, they are working a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. Amen. We're going to a better place. When God made promise to Abraham, he says, Abraham, he says, Abraham, leave home and I will bless you. Now, if you notice to start with, in the 12th chapter of Genesis, when Abraham gets the call from God to leave home, and I will bless you, he didn't promise him a kid. He didn't promise him a son until the 15th chapter. Say, Abraham is being blessed while he's walking around on the land of promise, <laughs> his inheritance that God has given. He's being blessed, but in his mindset, he's looking for something else. Say, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can get into that same mindset and start looking for something else when God is saying, I will just bless you. Say, he knows what? The things we have need of. So this is why we have to get into the mindset of rejoicing in the Lord and realize that those that are called, he's going to perform. That's why Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together to the good, to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Say, he called us, so he has to fulfill. Say, and so therefore we have to get into this mindset of waiting on God. Don't throw away your confidence just because your promise hasn't come through yet. Say, you have to learn how to wait. Now, notice what 1 King 8.56 says on your paper there. Blessed be the Lord that have what? Given rest unto his people Israel. According to all his promise, he's promised, there have not failed one word of his good promise 
which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Not one word of the promise that God promised has failed. Because God can't lie. So he made us promises. See? That's why Galatians 3 tells us as we are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we become heirs to the promises. Amen. And so it's not going to fail. They're forever. Amen. And you can take them to the bank. Amen. We have to realize that when God tells us something, he's going to do it. Our goal now is to rejoice. See? And wait on him to do it. This is kind of like what Isaiah says, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. So when you look at, you know, Hebrews 11, when God tells Abraham, you know, to leave and he would inherit, amen, the Bible says that he walked and the land of promise with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. They, they had the same promise. So now that we are the children of Abraham, we have the same promises. See? God is promising us eternal life. See? He has promised us, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you. He has promised, you know, that he will provide the things we have need of. Just learn to wait. Amen. Be content, as Paul says, with such things as you have. Amen. Notice what he says also. He has given rest. He has given rest. You got the rest? Are you at rest? Say, he's given rest. Isaiah 28, 11, 12 says, what? With stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to my people? Well, forth, he says, this is what? The rest that shall call the weary the rest, and this is the refreshing. But what happened? It would not hear. Say, the Holy Ghost is the rest. Say, when we have the Holy Ghost, we're supposed to be content. We're supposed to be complete because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now look at Jeremiah 6.16. Stand ye and ask. Where is the, what? Old path. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And what happened? You'll find rest for your soul. But what did they say? We're not going to walk in that way. Well, if you ain't walking that way, it's not his fault. The old way gives rest. See? You remember when you look at Scripture, they don't, they don't say they were Pentecostals. They don't say they was Baptists. They don't say they was Lutheran. They says they were Lutheran. Anybody was in this way. <laughs> <laughs> in the way. That's what they call it, the way. So either you're in the way. <laughs> that don't mean you're in my way, but you you got to be in the way. The straight in the narrow. Amen. The old path. Say, <laughs> amen, the way. And that way, it will give you rest. 
Amen. You will have the rest that you need because he promised rest. And the last day said, God, I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Amen. So the Holy Ghost. Amen. Notice. How many times have you heard this? And the last day said, God, I will pour out of my spirit. Right? What is pouring out? What What is he pouring out of his spirit? Think about that. Amen. See, he says, I will pour out of my spirit. The fruit of the spirit is, so he's pouring out love. He's pouring out joy. He's pouring out peace. He's pouring out long-suffering, patience. He's pouring out gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. He's pouring out words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, discernment. Amen. Think about the, what he's pouring out. Diverse kinds of tongues. Interpretation of those tongues. You know, think of what he's pouring out of his spirit. Of these traits of character and things are in him. So he's pouring them out upon us. He's giving it us. You know, think about the promises that he's given you. He's just pouring out things. But a lot of times we miss it because we're looking for something else. Say, how many of you can speak a foreign language? <laughs> huh? But, but think, think, think about a lot of our missionaries that go to foreign countries. And they learn that language, and then they can, you come over to talk to somebody, and they translate that language. That's gifts that they have. You know, they have the ability of diverse tongues as being, you know, able to learn it and able to interpret it. See? And I know we use that as well as when God wants to speak to the church as well. See? But it's the same concept. We're able to interpret languages. Amen. Because he's pouring these things out upon us. There's so many things that God is pouring out that if we're not careful, we can miss it. See? That's why I tell people all the time, certain things didn't come with the Holy Ghost. You know, depression didn't come with the Holy Ghost. Sadness and loneliness, the despondency didn't come with the Holy Ghost. You know? Because those are not in God's vocabulary. That's not, well, I don't want to say they're not in his vocabulary. But I don't think it's part of his DNA or his nature. See? God is love. So he's going to have to pour out love if he's pouring out anything. See? For God so loved the world. See? So we have to realize that the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit is being poured out. Last day he said, God, I'll pour out of my spirit. Because when he pours these character traits in us, what are we to do with them? We're pouring them out on someone else. Freely you have received, freely give. See? And so we want to bless others here. If God's promises aren't being fulfilled in my life, 
I have to look myself in the mirror and say, why not? Say, why is this promise not being fulfilled in me? If in the last day I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, am I being filled with his promises? See, Paul tells the church in Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourself. Prove your own self. Know you not how that Christ in you, except you be a reprobate, but I know you. No, you're not a reprobate. You're not any good. You, you're good. God called you. He chose you for purpose. See, and so therefore, I have to ask myself, is God's promises being fulfilled in me? If not, what is, what is, what is the delay? Is it God or is it me? See? So I have to search myself. See? I gotta get excited. I gotta get content with what He's trying to accomplish through me. He's, He's called me for a purpose. See, I've, I've, we talk about holiness, but I gotta separate myself to get away. That's why God told Abraham, He says, leave home. Leave everything. Abraham took Lot. He, he couldn't see it until he got Lot out of the way. And I think you know I preached a message about maybe it had been about a year or so ago about the, the word Lot means veil. See, so as long, as long as Lot was there, Abraham couldn't see what was going on. This is just me. It's not yeah. Okay. He, he, he couldn't see what was transpiring. But notice what happens as soon as Lot is no longer there. God tell him what? Lift up your eyes and look. As far as you can see, I will bless you. You know? And Abraham was blessed over in abundance. You know, and then in the 15th chapter, when Abraham won a son, he goes to God and he says, you know, what are you going to give me? <laughs> you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing here. He says, I go childless and this Adiazar is, is here and God says, your seed will be as the sands of the seas and the stars of the heaven. And then God gives them a promise. He says, but he's going to go into captivity for 400 years. He says, but I bring him right back to the same spot. Okay? Children of Israel went into captivity. You know, Abraham, Isaac, you know, Jacob, you know, years down the road, you know, Think about it. 400 years later from that promise. You know, long time to wait for a promise, wasn't it? You know? But they came right back to that same spot. See? So his promises are unfailing. And we just have to wait upon those promises. Amen. So that they can be fulfilled in our lives. Amen. First John 2.25 says, And this is the promise that he had promised us, eternal life. First John 2, verse 25. And this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief come not but for the kill, steal, destroy, but I am come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. So we want to have that eternal life. That's what this is all about. You know, and I think Jesus says in the book of Revelation, see that no man steal your crown. Nobody lose, you know, don't lose your crown. So to do that, 
I've got to put up some boundaries and guardrails to protect what is mine. If the thief comes not but for the steal, the kill, and the destroy, then I need to protect. I need to be on guard. Say, the New Testament is designed to wake us. Say, that's why when you look at Paul's letters, they are encouraging us to stand strong and to be steadfast and what? Unmovable. Because we've got an enemy. That's why a lot of times the people say, I've been being attacked by the devil. Well, why? You know, what, what does that take you by surprise? It shouldn't. Attacks by the enemy of your soul should not take you by surprise. It should not be like, oh man, the devil's been attacking me. No, you know he's going to do it. It's a given. He's your, it is. <laughs> he's your adversary. <laughs> yeah, he's your adversary. So either you can kill him or he's going to kill you. You know, that's, that's, that's the, how he operates. And Jesus says, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Peter tells you, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is walking around as a long line seeking whom he may devour. Paul tells you to put on the whole armor of God so you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. So if I sit back and do nothing, guess what? It's just going to walk right in and take me out. It should not capture you by surprise. You know, if, if, if you get attacked, you know, it should not take you by surprise. You just need to realize I need to be more cautious and aware of his tactics. A tactic, excuse me. I think Paul says we are not ignorant of his devices. See? Don't be deceived. See? Because he's trying to stop you from getting the promises and the eternal life that God has for you. So we have to be aware of this. Amen. He wants to stop you from crossing that finish line. That's why he did everything he could to the children of Israel to prevent them from getting to the promised land. Say, he, he, he got them to murmur. He got them to complain. He got them to be discontent with the manna. He got them to be content, discontent with the things that God was doing for them because he knew that God was giving them something so much better. Say, and we have to realize there's more than this. Say, and we should not lose it. We need to press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. They've got to be those points that you says, I'm not going back. I'm not turning back. That's why Caleb and Joshua... Amen. They says, whatever you do, don't you turn your back on God. Don't you go back now. You've come too far. You know, it, it kills me when I hear people have been walking with God all these years, then they quit. You know, it's hard to get back. See, so we have to realize we've got to prepare ourselves now to make up our mind that we're going on the way. And what do they say? Living for God hard is easy. Living for God easy is hard. See, if we don't make up our mind, it's going to be hard. See, because the enemy realizes you're not committed. See, 
And when you're not committed, he just says, they're not committed. We just take them out. You know? And, you know, kind of like when they're building the wall, what did the enemy say? Ah, we just sneak in and destroy them and they won't even know it. See? We have to be aware. Amen. God's promises are unfailing. Number two, these promises are infinite value. They don't have any limit. Amen. That's why in the last days, amen, Acts 2.38, for the promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So if God tarries another million years, his promises are same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. They're unchanging. They're, they, they don't have any limits. Amen. Attached to them. See, so this is why we, we train up our children. We teach them the ways of God. We tell them about the Holy Ghost. We want them to receive the, the promise because we want them to have the same promises that we have. Amen. They have great value here. Amen. And so we want to continue to to realize this, you know, and that's why, you know, Paul is constantly reminding us, amen, to keep going, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord. You know, what what did he say in 2 Corinthians 11? You know, I, you know, he goes on, he talks about all the things he went through. What did he say? None of it moved me. None of these things moved me because why? I got a reward. There's something better. Amen. And so his promises has no limits. It's for everyone. Everyone. See? And so that's why we want to be able to share with people that God's promises, amen, is for everyone. Peter says in first, second Peter 1, 4, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption and the world through the lust. Amen. Think about it. you've been you've got away. You remember? The, the devil had us captive, but we got away, the old song says. He thought he had me, but I got away. You know? That's why in the military they tell you as soon as you're captured, escape. Try to escape as soon as you were captured. Immediately try to escape. Don't, don't, don't stay there. Because the longer you stay there, they can begin to put more pressure on you. See, but if you try to escape as, as soon as you are as captured, you have a better chance of getting away. And see, if you stay there, then they get more guards and everything else around you and tie you up and everything else and then you can't get away. See, that's what the devil wants, is he wants to keep binding you, to keep you from getting away. Amen. Exceeding great and precious promise. Amen. So many of them. Amen. Just think of the promises you got and the value they are. Amen. Praise God. What would you pray? What kind of price could you put on the Holy Ghost? You can't. There's no price. And you got it for nothing. Amen. People are trying to buy things that, that makes themselves satisfied and happy. People are spending millions 
flying all over the world, doing all kinds of things, trying to make them happy. And the Holy Ghost is all you need. Amen. When we're content in that, everything else is second nature. Amen. And you will see how good God really is. Amen. What is your number one promise that he's given you? Amen. Salvation. Think about that. Think about it. You know, he promised it to you. He gave it to you. Amen. But we're in your family line. Think about this. You ever think about it? I think about this a lot of times when I'm in my devotion and prayer time. We're in my family line of the Parker line with somebody praying for their great, 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 great grandson down the road to be saved. I think about it. When I was born, did my grandmother, I was born at home back in the country. So I think about when my grandmother, who was the midwife, delivered me. Did she dedicate me to the Lord at that spot? You know, and says, God, make sure that you give him everything you got for him. Bless him, keep him, use him, save him. You know, the promises of God. Or yay and amen. Amen. See, so we have to realize that. Amen. His promises are for a brighter day. Amen. Genesis 28, 13 through 15. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it. And to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places where thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken unto thee. Now think about that. Look at all those promises in there. You know, I ain't going to leave you until I've done everything that I said I was going to do. Wow. Wow. And we know when Jacob got up, he dedicated it. You know, and he's gone for 20 years. Living with his uncle Laban. Plus 20 plus years. You know, and what God do? He brings him right back, and then he says, okay, now go up to Bethel and worship. Because Jacob dedicated this place as the house of God, see? And he brought him right back to his place. God says, I'll bring you back. I won't leave you. Amen. And we see that God was with him. Even when Jacob went down into Egypt, you know, God told him, Jacob, go down into Egypt. I'll be with you. You know, he went down with it. Amen. And he performs the blessings of God upon him. And he will do the same for you and I. Amen. He's given us promises. He, he's not going to leave you. I'm with you. I'm as close as the mentions of my name. That's why the word of God is so key. 
Amen. That's what we cling to is those promises and those things that God has made for us. Amen. And has given to us exceeding precious promises so that we know there's going to be a brighter day. Amen. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. We know we're going to have sickness. The Bible tells us many, you know, of the, of the afflictions of the righteous. But what? God delivers us out of them all. He's going to take care of us. We just need to get in the habit of being content and learning to worship and praise in God. Amen. At every situation and every circumstance. We don't hang our harps on the world. See? We, we, we get it out and we start playing. <laughs> Amen. If, if he's giving you talents to play the guitar, you play the guitar. <laughs> Amen. Whatever you're, whatever he's giving you, if you can sing, sing. Amen. See, you, you don't want to hang those things up. See, sometimes it might, that might be what you have need of. To just, and I, I wish I could play, and I keep saying this, God, I know I need the practice <laughs> if I want to do it, right? But, but if you stop and think, you know, just sit there and just scrum a, a, a love song between you and God, what a, what a difference it could make, or just sing a song, you know? I, I, I do that a lot as I go back and I'll sing one of the old hymnals or whatever, you know, to be able to just pull out, as the song says, my praise upon him, like Mary's alabaster box, you know, see, and, and I have to get to this in myself because, you know, even though right now I might be going through something in my life, but I got promises. <laughs> Weeping may do it for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. There's going to be a day that I'm, I'm going to see him, as Job said. As Job says, I'm going through it right now. But he says, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand upon the earth in the latter days. That Though the skin worms is eat this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see him for myself and not another. Amen. Say, I, those promises is for the brighter day. There's going to be a brighter day. Amen. I think Micah puts it clear when Micah 7, 8, he says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord is going to be a light unto me. Amen. So we, those promises are there. You know, as Paul says in Romans 15, 4, it's through patience and comfort of the scripture that we find hope. Amen. I, I gotta, I gotta get to the word and I've gotta grab a, a hold of a scripture and just begin to, to cling to it. If all I know is Jesus wept, you know, I, I'm gonna hold on to that promise that he wept, amen, and he wept for me, he wept for you, amen. I'm gonna make something out of it somehow. Amen. That he cried, amen, for me. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be ready. Praise God. Hallelujah. There, there's a brighter day coming. I think there's a song that says something like that, doesn't it? There's a brighter day coming. Amen. By and by, when the morning come and all the saints of God are gathered home, will you tell the story? How we overcome and we understand it better. 
by and by. Amen. They overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. What has he done for you? The promises of God. Amen. They are for a brighter day. Amen. Jacob probably thought, man, there's no help for me. Yeah. My promises are gone. And as I, 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 every time I read that story in those, those, those chapters of Jacob going and being with Laban and then coming home, and then he's coming home, God tells him to go home. You know? And he's afraid to go home. And then God gives him the Air Force of B-52 bombers of angels. They're flying all over his head. You know? God is, is trying to show him, I'm, I'm with you. I told you I'll be with you. If anybody should knew that God was present, it should have been Jacob. You know, if you look at how things unfolded for him and, and what God did, even though his uncle Laban's changed his wages ten times, God's still blessing him. You know, he, he, he takes the, the sticks and, 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 and what do you call it, wither them? Or, yeah, whittle them. And stick it in the water and then the cows all have cows just like he needs. You know, only God. See? And he's got so much stuff as he's coming back. You know, he breaks it up into groups. You know, he's got so much. And only crossed the river. He says, I crossed over with none but this, this staff in my hand. And now he's got, what, four wives and a bunch of kids and livestock. You know, he, he's, he's blessed beyond measure. Why? Because God told him he was going to bless him. He told you and me the same thing. I'm going to bless you. So if I'm not being blessed, I have to ask myself, why am I not blessed? When God promised me, he would bless me. I'm not worrying about my next meal. I'm not worrying about my next paycheck. I'm not worrying about any of that. Because the promises of God are yea and amen. I know the things you have need of. So trust me, amen, there's a brighter day coming, amen, and we'll tell the story by and by. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself to where I am. There you're going to be also. Look at that promise. See? So what is my responsibility? Wait for him to come get me. <laughs> you know, he says I'm going to prepare a place. I'm coming back to get you. See? Now, I need to be ready when he comes. See? I need to make sure I got my suitcase packed. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for him to come and get me. You know, however long it takes, I just need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Number four. Amen. His promise shows that he will deliver. Psalms 34, verse 17 through 9. The righteous cry, and the Lord hear it, and deliver them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save such as be of a contrite spirit. 
Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Notice, amen, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. What is that I hear? Is that one of my kids calling? Amen. He hears it. He shows, this scripture shows he will deliver us. Amen. Psalms 46 says, Amen. God is my refuge and he's my strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Amen. The God of Jacob is with us. The Lord of hosts is our refuge. Amen. See, he'll deliver. He's able to deliver. He's able to do it. He's able to do exceeding. Amen. Above and beyond. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What did they say to King Nebuchadnezzar? We're not careful to answer you. Our God in whom we serve will deliver us. And if not, we're still not going to bow. See? Because they had promises from God. I will deliver you. You know, that's why Paul and Silas in Acts 16, even though they was beaten, put in feathers, put, cast into prison, they could sing at midnight. They had promises. You know, that's why Peter in Acts 12 could go to sleep after they killed James. And he said, take his shoes off and take a nap. You know, think about it. You know, you're, you're next on the chopping block. <laughs> you want to put it that way. You know, but what does he do? He goes to sleep in prison. You know, and the angels comes in. Hey, Pete, get up, man. Get your shoes on. Let's get out of here. You know, because maybe Peter was just thinking, well, God told me it'd be, I would be old when I die, so. Not my time, you know. So I might as well take a nap, you know. And he's delivered. He brings him out. And then what did he tell him? Go start preaching in the middle of the street. Amen. Man, I don't, some people must have had some awfully hard heads back in those days. Because I guarantee you, you know, I think my mind would have been made up after I seen some of the things that happened to those apostles and how they was delivered from certain things and what God did. I think I would have probably been following back then myself. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would have delayed the process, you know, to see some of the things that was taking place right before their very eyes. You know, blind men, eyes open, deaf ears unstopped. Dumb talking. Amen. Multitudes being fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. You know, I think my mind would have been, <laughs> have been made up quick. Uh, but what did they do? They wanted to cast him out. You're casting out Satan by Satan. Oh, really? Amen. Praise God. Amen. But he will deliver us. Psalms 50, 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and you will glorify my name. Psalms 138, verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies. And thy right hand shall save me. Power. 
God is all-powerful. Amen. He will save us. He will come. I think the psalmist just says, he that will come, will come, and will not tarry. Now, the just has got to live by faith. Amen. So God's promises are eternal. Amen. They're unfailing. Amen. They got great value attached to them. And every one of them that we read in the word of God are for you and I. You know why? Because before we was Gentiles without God, without hope in this world. But now we've been grafted in. And because we've been grafted in, those same promises is for you and me. We just need to dust them off. Amen. And just grab a hold of them and say, yep, this is for me now. Amen. And so I'm going to enjoy every promise in the book is mine, every word, every chapter, every line. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Hey, you got any money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I better not answer. <laughs> Let's save that one for another time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. God, I don't, I don't know. All I know, the scripture says his ways is not my ways and his thoughts is not my thoughts. And like I said at the onset, you know, we may have to ask ourselves, am I in line with what he wants? Say, because like a few weeks ago with terms and conditions, you know, like the Lord says to, to Solomon, I'll put my name here. You know, this house will be my name. But if you don't do what you said you're going to do, then I'm going to take my name off of it and, and I'll destroy it. See, so I have to, like I said, I have to ask myself, am I in line with what God wants me to be in line? Amen. To, to receive the promise. Abraham, you know, when God called Abraham, he made him a promise. You know, he told him to leave home. What did Abraham do? He took Lot with him. God told him, leave your kindred. You know? He says, leave. Leave your family. Leave your kindred. And what did he do? He took Lot with him. So that could have been part of the delaying process. Well, that's because that woman put him up to it. And and we do a lot of times we start out we may make error like kind of like Abraham but notice what it said afterwards Abraham believed God and was and was counted to him for righteousness see so we have to we have to realize that we got to get in line Abraham got in line <laughs> you know yeah yeah he realized he was wrong so he got in line 
you know, and so therefore that's what we, we just have to examine. If, 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 no, like I said, if God's promises are not being fulfilled in me, I have to ask myself, am I in line? And then I have to be content and wait. You know, he knows what I have need of. He knows what I can endure. He knows if he gave me what I need, I might go off the deep end. See, I might not be mature enough yet to handle what he wants to give me. See, so I have to, I have to learn how to wait on him and be content. So he doesn't really come right on and tell you a lot of things, right? No, he just makes us promises. And so we just have to wait. Yeah, yeah. He'll come through. You know, I, he's faithful. I have to be faithful. As, as Paul says, you know, if I deny him, he's going to deny me. If I'm not, you know, if, if I don't believe, he's still going to be faithful. He's still going to do what he says. So he, he just have to wait on me to get in line. Amen. All right. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Don't forget, starting Friday night, 7 o'clock, come 6.30 for prayer, 6 o'clock early if you want to usher in the power of God. Be the change, Brother Jerry Hutchison. He's in route. He'll be here tomorrow. So, amen. Good friend. Amen. So come, let's have a great time. Invite folks. Going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Also,